This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was Disney. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 60. We made it here, Billy. Adam, can you say 60 in Spanish? Um, okay. Uh, is I it guess, 70? Uh, I think it's siéntate. Uh, oh, shit. No, that's sit down. Okay. It's episode uh, number sit down. Okay, it's number sit down. I'm taking Spanish lessons. Do you know that about me? Are you? Oh, wait. On, on uh, There's like a computer program? This is a non-sponsored ad, yes. folks. But there's a, uh, an app called Duolingo. Duolingo, that's right. Have you ever messed with Duolingo? I, Maggie has futzed with it for a second, but uh, you're liking it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm on like a 60-day streak. Yeah. Every day. What, so literally, what do you do every day? Like what, They have what? like, um, they have all little sections of like, learn these verbs, learn these adjectives, yes. learn these nouns, and there's little tests that you have to do and it's just then you have to like pass conversation tests yeah. and all these kind of things but there's daily little tests and the more you do in a row um, the more points you earn bueno. and you really learn oh. it's very fun que bueno yes very yeah. que bueno sesenta sesenta seis I think it's sesenta is sixty although yeah. I'm not totally sure okay great okay, yeah, yeah. well let's go with sesenta it's sesenta great okay. sesenta okay great well, apologize congr- to all congr- my Spanish teachers that's fair yeah, yeah. and all of our Spanish listeners <laughs> yes exactly and uh, most importantly I apologize to Duolingo <laughs> Numbers was like three weeks ago. <laughs> Get your numbers up, Get Bill. Get your numbers up. Man, adverbs. Yeah. I'm learning adverbs right now. Yeah. Anyway, it's episode 60. Yes. Congratulations de- on that. Congratulations to you. And I de- uh, depending on exactly when this comes out, this may even be hovering around No Joke's one-year anniversary, What do you technically kn- speaking. Do you know the date of our first show? I want to say that it was like Feb 5 or Stop. like Feb 8 or like that first. I think it's we're right in the wheelhouse here. Happy birthday to Happy us. Happy birthday to us. Well, well. This is about a year, Bill. Fast year. Fast year, man. When we started doing the podcast, uh, we said it'll be interesting to have this as a yearbook where we could look back each week and see where the world was at. And we said, I remember a year ago, it'll be interesting when big things happen yes. to see like how we handled them and yes. how we walked through them. It is. It's like a time, a personal time capsule that we're yeah. developing here. And uh, I'd say that last week's episode was a good example of seeing uh, what might be happening in the world and how we're feeling about and it. And how it intersects with other tangential adjacent interests, which all of a sudden don't feel too tangential to what's right. going on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bill. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's episode 60. Yes, sir. And uh, we've talked about courage. We've talked about college. We have. And then we talked about Power. Those have been our last three eps. And um, I don't know. There's something like uh, a little like self-serious about when you hear most of those All words. All kind of daunting, sort of intimidating words. Right. Yeah. So we want to uh, go in the opposite direction for a second. Yeah, we want to lighten the mood. Yeah, we want to animate this episode. Yes, we do. We're animated guys. We haven't really talked too much about animation. True. Um, we want to talk about... Disney. Yeah, we want to talk about Disney stuff. Yeah. All things Disney. Yeah. Uh, we are in our mid-30s, so of course like, we grew up like any, like everyone has yes. in the past few generations of Americans. We've grown up watching Disney movies. Yes. Patronizing the various Disney worlds and lands. If we didn't live in L.A., we'd probably be taking our kids to Disney World and Land right now. Exactly. But in L.A., mid-30s means mid-20s. So. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which means that we don't take our kids to Disneyland. We just go ourselves. Right. We just – Ironically. We, but not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It it does kind of feel like Disney is one of those massive, so ubiquitous, baked into our culture brands. It's a land and a world. Yeah. <laughs> it's a land. 
plan and a world. And it, it's like it's almost impossible to even like live a day in America without intersecting with Disney at some level. Disney. It's so hard. It's a big one. Huge. Like what is Disney? It's a entertainment company. Yeah. At this point, it's like a, it's it's a huge entertainment conglomerate. Right. Uh, at the beginning, it was a guy. <laughs> what came? Okay. So what came first, the Mickey or the world? Uh, Do you that's know? a great question. I don't know. I'm not too boned up on Disney history, although okay. uh, I suppose I should be. But I know that Walt Disney, yes. uh, of course, yes. was uh, entertainment writer, movie Hollywood guy okay. back in the 40s with that sweet pencil thin mustache that yep. he had. Mm-hmm. And Mickey, yeah, I think Mickey was the first – Mickey was pre-world. Right. Mickey was – I think – if I might be getting this completely wrong. I probably am. But I think Mickey was the foundation for it all. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat – Steamboat Mickey. Yeah. Right? Wasn't Steamboat Willie like starring Mickey Mouse? Yeah. That was like the that first, was his first gig. Disney short. That was like that first famous black and white Disney short. Right. Yeah. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse was I guess huge. Disney is the cartoon characters to me. I yeah. Think, I feel like to me that's like at the bedrock of what makes Disney so special. Agreed. All of the characters. Agreed. Uh, let's go through some of them. Okay, great. Okay. So you have – on the top of the food chain, I think we can both agree, Mickey? Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Mickey and Minnie. Mickey and Minnie. They're the king and queen? I would say, yes, the the first gentleman and first lady of the Disney kingdom, I would say. Highest ranking. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and of course, this is all unofficial, but I just want <laughs> to at unofficial. least make sure that our pyramid charts are in the same – Kind of the same I layers. Mi- I think Mickey and Minnie and right. even just Mickey just by virtue of being the first right. maybe like sort of sits atop the Disney pyramid. I yeah, because if there's a crisis at Disneyland or Disney World, there it has to go through Mickey, right? Like you're not just going to go to Goofy and be like, listen, you need to handle that. That is that is not addressing the problem. If right. To Goofy. Yeah, that's probably – That doesn't do the trick. Right. Goofy's here only for laughs and chuckles. OK, so we'll get to Goofy. Yeah. Like – Next highest ranking members, is that Daffy and Donna? After the, after the mice? Yeah. Donna! <laughs> Uh, oh, Donald and Donna. I think it's Do- I think it's Donald. Donald. Donald Duck to me is going to be your next is is going to be your sort of right, Mickey's right hand man, he is, second right? command. Yep. Yeah. Does he have a wife or a girlfriend? It's a good question. Donna Daisy? Duck. I think oh, Daisy, Daisy. Slips in there. I think Daisy might be again hard to tell in the Disney Duck universe. Siblings, lovers, both hard to say. <laughs> Mickey and Minnie lovers. Mickey and Minnie, I think are are lovers or if mates. Let's okay. call them mates. Okay. Yeah. And Donald and Daisy, I think lovers. I think mates. Agreed. Yeah. I think they're mates. Well, they found each other. I don't think they're siblings whatsoever. Although, because of course it splinters off the the Donald universe. Of course, splinters off into the Ducktales universe. Of course. Oh right. And those, all those three are siblings. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Exactly. Those are siblings. Of course. Obviously, they're not lovers. <laughs> Obviously, right. We, I would shudder to think they are. Scrooge McDuck. Who is he related to Donald? There's a really exact and clear answer for that that I'm not totally sure. My my instinct is that Scrooge is Donald's uncle. Okay. That makes sense. I uncle think Scrooge. Scrooge is Donald's uncle. But is he also Huey, Dewey, and Louie's uncle? I because I think Huey, Dewey, and Louie are Donald's duck sons. So, the, so I think that, that that Scrooge would be Huey, Dewey, and Louie's great uncle. Great uncle. That, again, this is this great is uncle Scrooge. Great uncle Scrooge. Uh, I, I don't, could be totally wrong. That makes Someone sense. Please correct us. Here's a quick story about me. Please. Might not be that quick. Yeah. Um, big Ducktales fan growing up, <laughs> and I was about seven or eight when I was watching it. And what what did I want more than anything else on earth? To be able to dive into a pile of coins. Well, you and everybody else. To dive right through, to do a perfect swan dive, much like Scrooge McDuck yes. in the opening number, Life is like that aeroplane hey. here in yes. Duckburg. Yes. He dives into his huge tower of money, and then he does the backstroke in mm-hmm. it. So I'm seven or eight, and I get my first allowance, $5. Mowed the lawn, psyched. We're going to go to the bank and open up my checking account, Stop my first it. checking account. This is like a big day. Stop it. Billy goes to the bank, and he says... 
Remix. <laughs> I don't want to open a checking account. I'm going to need you to turn this into coins. <laughs> the woman's like, excuse me? I came back to my house with 500 coins. <laughs> Walk up into my room with my little sack of 500 coins. And I stand in the middle of my rug. And I say, when you open up this little sack, this room is going to fill to the heavens <laughs> to with coins. The brim. And when it does, you're going to stand on your bed and do a perfect swan dive <laughs> and swim, baby, swim. <laughs> Eight-year-old Billy is fired up for what the next 10 oh minutes my. are about to bring. This is the best. He unsacks his sack. He dribbles out the 500 pennies. They make a lump. Huh. I wouldn't even say a pile. They make a little lump on yeah. the floor. And now I have 500 dirty copper pennies at my feet. And what do I do? Shuffle my foot in it. Yeah. <laughs> at least dip your toe in it. Dip your toe in the pool. But reality bites. <laughs> reality bites. Yeah. Reality bites. I looked a lot. I thought this was going to go a lot different in my mind. So Great Uncle yeah. Scrooge really burned Bill there. Really burned you. Yeah. So this is where it gets complicated, Adam. Yeah. So we have the Mickey Minnie combo up top. Mickey Minnie's up top. Then we have Donald, uh, or Donald, Donald Daisy. and Daisy yeah, in there. It's safe bet. Yeah. Who's the third highest ranking member? This is where it really becomes uh, a big pool. We can just maybe just toss out some characters and then see how we rank them. I mean, Goofy's really popular, obviously, Very. and but he's a dumb dog. He's literally a dumb dog. That's his thing. He's a goofy dog. He's a goofy, dumb dog. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how much sort of responsibility over the Disney kingdom. I don't know how, like, you know, what keys you're giving him exactly. I, I'm drawing a blank. Who else are some of the Disney gang? Yeah, that's a great. Uh, ba I mean, Baloo, he's not really hanging out with Mickey and Minnie. He's yeah. not like going to the, the staff party with Mickey. Yeah, and the Minnie, Jungle right? Book gang seems to exist almost sort of in their own right. universe in a way. Right. I think. Um, I mean, I know that you know because yes, the, those original kind of Disney characters. Yeah, I mean, beyond Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Goofy, those kind of seems like the Holy Trinity or like sort of the Fab Four a little bit. If you're walking around Disney World and Disneyland, you see the Toy Story characters. You're correct? seeing the Toy Story characters. Frozen is everywhere now. I mean, right. you can't escape Elsa and whatever the hell the other one is from Frozen. Right. Um, but the OGs, it's so odd. I'm spacing on the OGs. I'm spacing on some OGs myself. I mean, Cinderella. Yeah, the princesses. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Right. You know, the, yeah, you have your OG princesses. Yeah. Um, a fun thing about Disney World, there's yeah. all sorts of little uh, nuggets that you can do or say. Yes. Where uh, it's kind of like the secret menu at Starbucks or In-N-Out. Yes. Where there's certain things that you could do or say around characters and they will react. Like what? It's as if they everyone's in on a code. Cool. The best one is... Um, if you see any of the Toy Story characters walking around Disney World, yes. if you yell, Andy's coming, they fall to the ground what? like toys. What? They drop really? to the ground like toys. Are you serious? And that's what makes Disney World so special. They really nail the interactivity element of that. Of like, There's rules in this world. Yeah. That's what I love. And we all play by them. I went last year for Valentine's Day with Marina. Fun. And I got to say, even if you're a cynical, ironic, yeah. eye rolly type person. Yes. That place literally makes you a kid again. Yeah. And if you're able to like – If you don't let any of like the major corporation, whatever, yes. get into your head yes. and you just enjoy the ride and it, the colors and the princesses and the smiles on kids' faces, goes a long way. It is transformative. And that I think is maybe like one of the greatest strengths of Disney. And like you said, if you zoom out, it becomes a little sinister. But like in the moment, experientially, viscerally, it's so great is how thorough the experience it is. Yeah. It is thorough. Yeah. So much so that in Flor in Orlando – um, which, of course, I mean, the first, the original Disney Disney park was here in Anaheim. Yes. And was the one here, which is built on like the 40s, maybe the 30s or the 40s. Okay. In uh, Disneyland. And it's quite small, again, compared to Orlando. And then they expanded Disney World in Florida, and that one is huge. Yes. Huge, huge, huge. You have Epcot, you have Animal Kingdom or whatever. It's like all those parks in one. Yep. MGM. And, and yep. furthermore, there's a town. 
there's an entire town. Celebration? Celebration, Florida. Right. Which is a town that is quite literally owned and managed by the Disney Corporation. Yep. So, and I think that there is, I mean, like you can, this has been much reported on, but like uh, Disney also gets into a little bit of trouble down in Orlando because they spray a lot of pesticide all over the land that they own to keep flies out. Of course. Because it's so muggy in Orlando. I think that's an amusement park thing too. Yeah, probably. I think that's a huge amusement park thing. Six Flags had that problem too. And so they spray it. So you're there and you don't want, they don't want their customers and their patrons to be like constantly swatting flies because it's 95 and muggy all year. And it's perfect in celebration. And it's perfect. There are no flies here in Disney. Right. So it like has a bit of that Stepford vibe, right. vibe to it. Uh, but uh, it's thorough, man. It is considered, it is uh, a, a, to- a to- there's a totality to the experience that is impressive. I would like to, in the second act, um, imagine a turf war between the Disney characters and the Warner Brothers characters. Mm. All right. I say that we size them up Hell and yeah. see who wins that fight. Great. Before that, we'll go into a song. Okay, cool. Disney and music go hand in hand. Obviously. It's, annoying that we can only pick one right now. Yeah, I know. I'd rather just make the rest of this episode our 12 favorite Disney songs. The Aladdin soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about A Whole New World. We've talked about Peabo Bryson, whether or not his name is actually Peabody. (laughs) (laughs) Peabody Bryson. Um, So maybe we don't do that one. Is there a song, Adam, that you're like, well, obviously this song? Uh, I know that we've gone to the Randy Newman well at least once in this podcast. Toy Story. I don't know. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Uh, he is so good. Maggie and I were unironically listening to You Got a Friend in Me just this past weekend. Oh, ain't that beautiful? It's like the best song that there is. That's what we need, huh? It's kind of the be- still the best song there is. Toy Story 1? Toy Story 1. Okay. Randy Newman. All right. Well, you you've got, got a friend, friend in, in us, folks. We will be right back. This is You Got a Friend in Me, Randy Newman, No Joke Podcast.
That was Randy Newman with You Got a Friend in Me, which is a song I loved when that movie came out when I was however old and love even more now. Yeah. I love it more now. The Toy Story franchise rocks. 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 Is that like, Pixar? Yeah, that was the thing, if I, my memory serves, that put Toy Story was what put Pixar on the map. Yeah. And Pixar, which used to be owned by Disney, but now I think it's its own separate entity. Okay. I think I think DreamWorks, Pixar, is that something? No. Okay, I'm getting I my words a, confused. I think that's a separate thing, but I think that Pixar might have split from its Disney umbrella, but I think initially it was a Disney thing. So Disney can still have Woody and Buzz Lightyear at their parks, yeah. even though Pixar I, might And have. I might even be wrong about the Pixar thing. Maybe they're still somehow connected to Disney right. or something. Right. Right. It should be also said that Disney also owns ESPN, right. ABC. Right. I mean, these are all they were uh, our boss for a bunch of months. That's right. When we worked on Sports Talkers, exactly for Fusion, exactly Fusion's owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. It's like Disney. It's just like one of those Illuminati companies for real yeah. that like owns kind of everything. Yep. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of the first act, Adam, we had flirted with the idea of talking turf war. Yes. So hypothetically, yes. Uh, there's a line in the cartoon world and it's drawn. Yes. And on this side, we have the Disney characters. Yes. I know this episode is about Disney. Yes. But let's for a second just turn our attention to the Warner Brother catalog. Happily. I think that they match up pretty well. Yeah. And it almost seems like, and I don't know who came first, Disney or Warner Brothers. Yeah, me neither, frankly. We should. We don't. We don't. Definitely don't. Um, I think that the kind of rankings shake out pretty obviously. Yeah. I mean, Bugs is our Mickey. Bugs is the Mickey. And I got to say, like, and this and this is, again, I know this is Disney, and we've come to uh, praise Disney, not to bury him. Yeah. Uh, however... Bugs Bunny is a million times funnier and cooler than Mickey Mouse. Give me a break. Wow. Oh, my God. What's you... Tell me about Bugs. Sell Bugs... me on Bugs. Are you kidding me? Bugs Bunny is mischievous, uh -huh. a legitimate prankster. Yes. Can do all the voices and accents. True. Loves talking to the camera, letting us, the audience, in on his mischief and jokes. Right. Uh, is the gr is hilarious. Sold. Yeah. Now, now tell me about Mickey. Mickey uh, is a prepubescent mouse. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Is a prepubescent oh. mouse with no point of what view. What do you mean, Adam? Exactly. Who is basically just like a, a just like a, a, a soggy cracker oh. with no bite, no edge, no point of view, nothing interesting or controversial whatsoever. Bugs. You don't have one nice thing to say about Mr. Mouse? Look, I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I am so, I am that much in support of Bugs Bunny. Okay. Bugs Bunny smoke, uh, uh, you just a carrot like it's a cigar because okay. he gets jokes and yes. he is funny. Mickey Mouse has never told a joke in his damn life. Bugs Bunny dresses up like a female bunny and flirts. He's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> okay, got it. Hilarious. Round one goes to Warner Brothers. Like a, Bugs. Like a mile in my personal opinion. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess what I'm seeing and learning in the animated kingdom is that the head boss always needs to have a sidekick, Duck. Yeah. It needs to be a duck. Yeah. For some reason, ducks make good number twos. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> Because we're talking Daffy. Yeah, we're talking Daffy Duck. I would say this is a closer head-to-head -head match. Daffy v. Donald. They're both kind of schmucks. Yeah. They're both kind of schmucky ducks. <laughs> schmucky ducks. So let's talk about uh, Daffy and Donald. You, are you as excited about Daffy as you are about Bugs? You are fired up out the gate about Bugs. Well, I mean, look, to me, Bugs Bunny is truly, and I say this with no irony, is up there as an American comedic icon, up there with your Mel Brooks's, with your Carl Reiner's, okay. with your Woody Allen's, etc. Like, to me, Bugs Bunny is a, is a pillar of American comedy, no joke. That's awesome. Mickey Mouse is not. Got it. Uh, Daffy v. Donald, I feel a little less passionate about that, only because I have a tougher time parsing the difference between them. Okay, so let's talk about one at a time. Yeah. 
Um, Daffy. Daffy. Daffy is the black duck. Black duck, white, weird neck collar. Talks and spits, right? Talks and spits. Okay, talks and spits. Yes. Um, what's his thing? Does he have a job? Do any of... What is his role? I don't think he has a job. I think he's... What is served... he hunting? I feel like the Roadrunner at least has a coyote. Like, what is... What's, what does he serve? What is he... Yeah, what is Daffy? To me, again, uh, again, and I... This is... Uh, I have many holes in our knowledge here, obviously. But to me, Daffy always kind of served as a foil slash ally for bugs. Okay. For bugs. Helping hand. A helping hand, right. exactly. Okay. Um, in the Barber of Seville skit that they did, mm-hmm. where Bugs plays the piano, I just feel like Daffy's always there in support of, and maybe he was an adversary in certain comics. Okay, got perhaps. It. So now, if we look at Donald, yeah, we Don- can't really say too much about Donald except that he has Daisy. He also spits when he talks. But here's why I'm going to give the edge to Donald. Okay, he's got an army behind him. He's got Huey, Dewey, yep. and Louie. Yeah. And then he also has this rich uncle with a great big tower. Yes. Who has access to the Beagle Boys. Yes. You know, I think I, I'm going to have to say that I don't know anything about Daffy. That's true. Donald's reach definitely extends maybe a little bit farther than Daffy's. It's his sort of family tree, generational reach. Yep. Donald maybe has a little bit more of a footprint on uh, on the cartoon universe than Daffy, so perhaps. It's, it's one one win for Bugs yeah. and one win for Donald Duck. Yes. Okay, so both teams have a win. Yes. May I bring in a new competitor? Please do. Can we turn this into the Royal Rumble of animated turf wars? We can and we should. I want to bring in the Muppets. Oh, my God. What? Are, I mean, this is a huge wrench. Okay. So now we've already said that Bugs is the king. Yeah. Enter Kermit. Yeah. Enter Kermit. Not only is he fun and clever, he's also responsible and stressed and, and real. He has like a paternal – stressed. He has like a very paternal energy. He's trying to keep this Muppet family together. Working hard. Yeah. Bugs is more of an anarchist, interested in chaos, wants to flip the world on its head. Right. Is interested in painting a fake brick wall for someone to run into. Tomfoolery. Kermit would be the one dismantling the brick wall. Yes. To be responsible. He and – he would just not get along with Bugs, right? Just two different spirits. Yeah. He – I would say – Kermit is Michael Bluth, and and Bugs is like more of a Job Bluth. Fair. If I had to sort of draw the Arrested Development analogy, yeah. So who are you picking? Kermit v. Bugs? Kermit v. Bugs for the win. From pure LOLs, from a pure gut-busting LOL standpoint, we know you don't need going. to know. I mean, you don't even need to guess. It's oh, Bugs. Bugs Lustig. So, Bugs Lustig. So hardcore. Who is Kermit's second in command? Gonzo? Miss Piggy. No, well, that's his. That's his. Oh, uh, yeah. That's his mini. Yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. They're, they're going to be the Jay Z and Beyonce <laughs> in the Muppet <laughs> yeah, universe. Oh yeah, that's true. Second in command. Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear or Gonzo? Um, well, Fozzie Bear wears a tie. Okay. But he gets tomatoes thrown at him. He does. So that's not going to win you the war. I think Gonzo's can- constantly getting his nose caught in car doors. Right. Uh, so who, who – Maybe would- – I mean what? Animal? I mean – Animal. The drummer's a bit of a uh, – he seems like a liability just socially. Um, I, I would say, I mean, yeah, like you said, Miss Piggy is sort of one and one A to yeah, Kermie, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, Fozzie Bear v. Gonzo, who would you pick as a second in command? I'd probably pick Gonzo. Gonzo. And I think that, again, I just don't know enough about the Gonzo family. Yeah. I'm still going to have to go Donald Duck because of the army he's got yeah, behind Yeah, yeah, he's got, like you said, no, you're absolutely, I think that's totally valid. Um, wh- like, if Donald falls in battle, he's got nephews to come up and take his place. What is Minnie, what is Mickey's purpose? Where exactly? Because like, at least when you explain explained Kermit to me. Yeah. In the universe, it's like, okay, he is the peacekeeper. Yes. He is the straight man yes. when everyone else is crazy. Yes. Is Mickey that? No. Mickey he doesn't has, have a personality. No, All he, he has, has is shorts and suspenders. Correct. He doesn't even have a shirt. Correct. He does not have a personality. This is the fundamental problem with the Disney universe is that their linchpin and their alpha mascot, Mickey, is devoid of any nuance or any texture or any personality. Even a catchphrase? Does he have a catchphrase? Ah, I'm Mickey now. 
Exactly. It's like, what is it? What is it? What is Mickey? What is his appeal? Is his uh, problem that he was born and created in a time where you couldn't add audio to movies. Ah. Therefore, he was devoid of certain personality. And so all of his capers would just be like physical capers. Yeah, maybe where so. Where he's like falling off the steamboat. And now he's got like, hold on to the pole. <laughs> You know, as opposed to catchphrases and Kermity. Yeah, and what up, Doc? Yeah. It's just like, what, give me a break. Here. Right. Yeah. Maybe you're so right. I mean, that's true, uh, is that maybe Mickey being sort of drawn and created in a time where, yeah, the audio, like, wasn't as much of a part of it. Right. Like, or it was like ha- simply having an animated film was a miracle in and of itself. That's true. And just the fact that it was a moving cartoon in a movie theater, what the hell? Right. Was enough of a spectacle where the characters themselves didn't need personality or to be funny or interesting. You could still advance them over time, though, Over right? time. And now, yeah, has Mickey evolved? No. No. He's just, he is, that's the thing about Disney. He is, Mickey is the most banal, inoffensive, right. ineffectual, white bread, beige, plain, does not have a stance or a point of view or anything. Here's my read. Yes. I think that Disney knew that. I think that about 20 years ago, Disney was like, look, this is a lost cause. We like just, we squeeze this sponge that we call Mickey it's out Mickey and there's, li- we're, we're done here. We don't yes. have anything left. Yes. Which is why we need to have a new grouping of Disney heroes. Yes. And this was a very specific time in the Disney movie catalog. Yes. When it was still VHS tapes. Yes. And unlike the other cardboard VHS boxes, yes. these had big plastic ones. Oh, baby. That clipped together. Yep. These were the Aladdins. These were the Beauty and the Beasts. Um, these were the Little Mermaid. Disney Renaissance. A true Renaissance. Because in the four- and you the- didn't need Mickey and Minnie anymore. No way. Because now we were creating this whole new arm. And thank God they did. And yeah, I th- I think in my memory, and again, I'm no Disney scholar. There was a gap in between like the wave of first Disney movies being the the Snow Whites and the Cinderellas and the Peter Pans, right? And those first like 50s, 1960s animated movies or some live action. And then there was like that weird 70s, 80s gap where there was like Pete's Dragon, right? And like weird live action 70s right. Disney musicals bed knobs and broomsticks great movie mary poppins i think is even a disney thing like such a sign of the times super sign of the times like a little a little far out yeah kind of yeah. trippy a little weird not animated anymore live action which made it even weirder uh, yeah and then beauty and the beast 1991 still to this day only animated movie nominated for best picture wow beauty and the beast 1991 and i wow. think i and the movie right before that was little mermaid and i think that the Disney Renaissance officially kicks off in earnest with Little Mermaid, which is like 1989 or 90, oh. which is our exact for people of our generation and peer group, exactly correct. Exactly, we're correct. seven years old and the Little Mermaid is here. Thank you, God. Do you remember the first Disney movie you saw in the movie theater? Aladdin. It was Aladdin. Aladdin. Same. Aladdin. Do you remember your favorite moment from that movie? Because I do. What was yours? Well, do you remember when he was escaping the? Uh, was it? It was just like he was – it was the chase scene. And every, like, movie had this where he was sitting on the flying carpet and, and, like, he was being chased by, like, the fire or sand and he had to get out last minute. Yes, it's when the Jaguar sand thing starts to melt and they have to escape. This was right about the same time when uh, VHS tapes of simulated roller coasters came out where you could feel like you were on a roller coaster just by watching your TV. It was, like, the first camera, like, mounted to the front of a roller coaster. So that mimicked those – like, when I was suddenly on the magic carpet for, like, five seconds. And I remember thinking, this is the best movie. Yes. The, the the greatest takeaway – I mean Aladdin, I could probably quote the whole movie. It truly is one of my favorite movies of all time, I, of all time. Yeah. And I think mainly because it was the movie that introduced, uh, at least to me and I think to many people of our age, uh, Robin Williams. Oh. And it was like the genie the, – just the presence of the genie in Aladdin was – I don't think I really re- reckoned with this or realized this, but probably – 
was one of the driving forces subconsciously why I sort of even went into this weird performing comedy thing in the first place, to be honest with you. Sure. Was literally the genie in Aladdin and how riotous that was. Was that written or do you think that he improvised some I think of a bunch, some of it was written and I know for a fact that he improvised Let him a go. bunch. I mean, Never Had a Friend Like Me is one of the all-time yeah. greatest achievements in music. Agreed. There's so many jokes and to Disney's credit, that song is written and it's amazing, but all of the animation in that scene to couple and punch every single line in that song, it's a miracle. Now he's Ed McMahon. Now he's this. Yes. Now he's that. Now he's, uh, now he's like a pile of hummus. Yes. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah. Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin is, to me, one of the finest entities in the Disney canon and in, any, in the cinema canon. And shout out Gilbert Gottfried. Shout out out Gilbert Gottfried Iago now we're gonna put the crackers down his throat he was on oh, oh my god he's unbelievable he was on fire for a minute on fire he was on fire for yeah, a minute yeah yeah Aladdin really uh, I mean that was that was generation defining and, then, and they went on and that started kind of an amazing that sort of early early to mid 90s chunk of uh, Little Mermaid yes Beauty and the Beast yes Aladdin the Lion King yes these were four grand slams let's talk about those movies moving forward in the third act great okay great so uh we'll go to a quick ad read and uh, we'll be right back to finish off this episode of no joke cool today's sponsor is a very special sponsor for me because it is my father however this is a real traditional ad for something that he's been working on for a very long time yes and it is very worthy of your time yes it is his website facebook.com slash Frank's Waiting Room. Yes, and just for a little outsider context, uh, Billy Sad Frank, in addition to being an absolutely wonderful human being, uh, is a wildly talented uh, Juilliard-trained, classically trained tenor with a crystal clear, beautiful voice. Simultaneously, he has an excellent and nonstop sense of humor. Goofball. Can't stop joking. Goofball. And much like me and Adam, Harvard Sailing Team Snakes, any creative endeavor that we've ever been a part of, we just kind of listened to our gut and said, that might be funny. Let's give it a shot. Yes. Well, I'd say about 18 months ago, two years ago, my father had an idea while waiting in a doctor's office yeah. that the waiting room can be so slow and stodgy and yeah. the people in there can be so kind of head full of thoughts. Yes. What if someone came in here and gave these people a huge surprise? Yes. Enter my dad. Yes. Being the trained musician and comedian that he is, Truly. he decided that he was going to, with the help of certain doctors in the area, storm the castle, yes. so to say, and do three-minute musicals in these waiting rooms for people that you never, never saw it coming. Exactly. And this is Facebook.com. Frank's waiting room. Yes. He wears a tuxedo. He walks into the doctor's waiting room. Everyone's a little befuddled. And yeah. before they know it, they're being serenaded by an amazing tenor. And if you think that, well, this is probably just cute to Billy and his dad, wrong. The first video he put up just made it to Huffington Post. Yeah, got there. Just immediately. Yeah. And people had all these great things to say. He has since been on the news. He's been featured on radio shows. He's just done a lot. And it's all out of the goodness of his heart. Truly. And the spirit of what he does is to give these people a laugh. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do here. Absolutely. So once again, we would like to advertise Facebook.com, Frank's Waiting Room. Yes. Yep. His name is Frank Scafuri. He also has a YouTube page. Show this man some support because he's been supporting Adam and I as long as we've known him. Absolutely. Back to no joke. 
Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. This is Act 3. Today, Billy and I are talking about Disney. Yes. All things Disney. That's right. We've discussed uh, Disney World a little bit. We've talked about uh, some of the characters. We kind of had a bit of a tale of the tape. Disney roster versus WB roster. Yep. Uh, which came out kind of like a wash. Yeah, I'd say that uh, ultimately Bugs Bunny somehow won that <laughs> yeah, war. Yeah, Bugs wins forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yes. Um, and this is the third act. It's yes. the No Joke Podcast. Once again, let us remind you to please go on to our iTunes page and well, leave uh, a review. Please Maybe do. rate and subscribe it as well. Yes. We have a Twitter handle. It is at no joke pod, and we have a Gmail handle, nojokepod at gmail.com. That's right. We were just about to uh, – we were just discussing sort of what we have dubbed kind of the Disney renaissance, which was – especially for people of our age, which was the sort of 1990 to 1995 zone of uh, Little Mermaid followed by Beauty and the Beast, only animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar. Yes. Aladdin, Life Changer. Duh. And The Lion King, a – Animal Kingdom adaptation of Hamlet. Yes. So Disney was ch- – and then Pocahontas came after that. Frankly, it falls off. Mulan, I got a little less interested. Also, we're 14 at that time. Right. Yeah, so just missed it. We just missed Carrie. Like I'm at Blockbuster and I'm looking at the new releases and I could get Mulan or I can get something about Mary. Exactly. You know, Our tastes start to change. Yeah. What's this movie 7? Maybe right. I want to see that. Right. I don't want to see Pocahontas anymore. Yeah. But for those four movies, Mermaid – Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Disney, you have my full attention. You did it. <laughs> you did it, man. That was like the golden age where it was like you buy the movie and the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you need to have both. Exactly. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Let's talk about that for a yeah. second. Why did – you remember the movie, I'm sure? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, parts of it. Why did he become a beast? Okay, so that's a curse. That's a curse that uh, – I don't know the answer. It's okay. a short answer. Okay. Uh, but it was a curse, and it had to do with that rose in the glass case. Right. He, and once the petal fell – once the final petal fell off, that means – I think that would mean that he would be a beast forever. Right. So, we rem- so we're remembering this the same exact yeah, way, which yeah. is very little. Yes. Okay. He was well, like a dude that got cursed for some reason. All right. So neither one of us can really put together the story, and that's fine. Let's <laughs> no. talk about the things we can remember. Yes. Because there are a few things from that movie that I can remember. Yes. One is Angela Lansbury is a teapot. Well, forget it. I mean she's a genius. And she has a son who is a chipped teacup. Mrs. Potts. Named Chip. That's right. Chip. Who played Chip? Oh, that's a good question. I remember being like a, a quote-unquote cute voice. Yeah. Well, Jonathan like, Taylor Thomas? Maybe. If it was made today, it would be Jenny Slate. Oh, uh-huh. You know, but like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it was exactly. Do you remember any of the other helpers? Any of the uh, – I mean, well, there was – I mean, of course, the grandfather clock that was like the tall. Yes. Maybe Lumiere or maybe Lumiere was the candlestick. I think he was the candlestick. Candlestick, obviously, Lumiere. Right. Uh, and, but then there was the big grandfather clock that was great. Um, and what were the other household items that became personified? Because those movies always had like little Easter egg voices. Oh, throughout. yeah. Yes. Did, did Disney make Hook as well? That's a great question, Billy. Because Hook was another one of those movies. If they didn't, it's still in the family of Peter Pan yeah, and Disney. I but I remember – you. I think it was either you or our friend Brendan told us yes. that – some of the pirates in in Hook's boat yes. were some actors and actresses that you like couldn't believe. Did you know this? Oh, really? But like, who is the actress who you can't believe her name? It's a male name. It's a male name that okay. you can't. Glenn Close. Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, yeah. She's in there. She's in Hook. She's one she's of the pirates. She's just like in the background, buried in there. She has like one line. How weird is that? Uh, and like Dustin Hoffman's like team of pirates. Yes. There's all these little actors that are kind what of buried a, in there that just wanted to get in there a for a little second. Easter egg. Yeah. Do you remember the other uh, sort of Easter egg scandal about Disney movies for kids of our age? Subliminal messages. Yes, all like the subliminal sex messages that were allegedly like baked into all these Disney movies. That was great. That was a great time for <laughs> yeah, subliminal was, messages yeah. in general. Yeah. The, the concept 
concept of subliminal messages yeah. in like 93. Yes. It was everywhere. I don't know about you, but magazines were like everywhere in 93. Oh, big time. And once I learned what a subliminal message was, <laughs> I didn't look at ads anymore. I was like, it was like the magic eye trick. Where yes. it's like, if I stared at it long enough, the word sex was going to jump out of this <laughs> I picture. Know. I know. In, uh, was it uh, the lie cake? They said that they had like, sex was written in clouds in the sky. Yeah, there's one time where like, uh, like adult Simba like falls to the ground and like dust kicks up and it like, if you pause it yes. in like the like fraction of a second at the right point, it kind of says sev. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good enough. That's good oh, that's enough. Good. That counts, that counts. That satisfies our 12-year-old consumer. Conspiracy theorist minds. Yeah, I think yeah. there was a uh, a penis in the Little Mermaid a little, Castle. A little Mermaid Castle on the also, cover of the movie. That's right. And King Triton at the end does have an erection if you <laughs> pause it at the exact right frame. And that's the thing. Like I saw the erection, and that does happen, and that's not a mistake. Yeah. And the thing is, if it, these were actors and everybody missed it, including like the editors and the directors, and it just happened, bummer. The guy had an erection. <laughs> But in animation, everything's a choice. Super deliberate. Everything's a you choice. You got a team of hundreds working on that and months to fix it. <laughs> and I could even like argue that like the so-called penis that's in the castle on the cover of The Little Mermaid yes. is just like a, a it's a tower. A weird it shape. It just so happened. Yeah. Not that one. <laughs> no. This is an uh, an adult cartoon yeah. erection. Yeah. <laughs> Did it need <laughs> to happen? <laughs> So yeah, some are subliminal. Some yeah. are just like huh. some are just straight up liminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> subliminal messages. Yeah, that was a fun. Yeah, that was a fun. Like added a second layer. Like unlock the secret to these right. Disney movies. So it's the third act of the No Joke Podcast, yes. Adam. And yes. we've talked a bunch about the characters. Yeah, we we've sure talked have. about a bunch of existing characters. Yep. Disney has just hired us. Oh my god, we have just been hired to kind of just give a fresh coat of paint oh, to the Disney great. brand. A lot of the characters, as we've discussed, uh, have just gotten a little milk toast. No one really knows what to do with Donald Agreed. anymore. No one really knows what to do with Mickey. They're not of this time. Not at all. You know? So they need us to come in and Reboot. pitch them a couple new characters. Brand new characters? Just some new characters, some new characteristics. Cool. So maybe there's a movie that you could think that they could have, or maybe it's just a park character that you think a lot of the kids will relate to. Okay. So what do you say you and I go back and forth maybe try and update the Disney brand? Great. I have an idea off the top of my head. Uh, it just kind of relates to the milk toastness of Mickey that we were talking about before because I think that your tentpole character needs to have some bite. And again, I am a Bugs fan. I make no mis- I make no bones about that. I'm not trying to remain objective. I love Bugs because he is hilarious and mischievous. Okay. Let's add a little spice to Mickey. Now, I don't want to come in here, Mr. Disney, and sort of retool your entire brand and tell you that Mickey needs to be controversial, needs to start smoking cigarettes. We hired you to do that, so you just do what you need to do right now. Well, here's what I propose. I propose that we give Mickey Mickey, we can imp- we create a character that shades Mickey's character without shade without shading Mickey at all, and by that I mean Jennifer Mouse, Mickey's ex-wife. Wait, J- a brand new character, Jennifer Mouse, who is a uh, Jen Mouse, Jen Mouse, who was married to Mickey, kept his last name, kept his last name. Uh, it, there is it just it will add an air of mystery and scandal and frankly sex appeal to Mickey that he just does not have right now. If we tell... what about Minnie? Exactly, and won't that be an interesting love triangle? So you and just we... want to add a dash of uh, drama, yes. to the Disney world. Absolutely, I want to, and in doing so, not just not just a sort of like willy nilly random drama. Sure, Mickey centric, giving Mickey a dark, giving Mickey an interesting textured past. Sure. that will illuminate his character. Well, don't just tell me how it affects Mickey. Tell me more about Jen Mouse. Okay, yeah, great. So Jen Mouse is she's a body. 
Oh. She's a little boozy, to be honest with you. And you can you smell can, it on her breath? You can smell it on her breath. And you, she is charismatic. She's straightforward. She's she's a little ballsy. And okay. you can tell both why Mickey fell in love with her and why it just couldn't work. How does she dress? Uh, she dresses eccentrically. Um, she dresses in a lot of moo-moos. Okay. Uh, she dresses multiculturally. Oh. Uh, she uh, she goes to thrift stores a lot. She's She's hip. You can't She's, pin her down. You can't pin her down. She is unpredictable. Which is exactly what we need because here at the Disney brand, we feel like we've exerted too much control. Yeah. We put way too many parameters on our characters. You know exactly what they're going to do. It's just too predictable. That's what we – that's what our uh, studies showed too. Jen is a wild card. Great. You have no idea what's going to come out of her mouth. Jen Mouse, approved. Approved. Great. I want to introduce uh, Ricky Raccoon. Okay? <laughs> Ricky Raccoon and uh, – let me see. Where do I start? Yeah. Raccoons. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you guys have ignored raccoons. They do something that other animals don't do. Yeah. So I'm Billy Scafuri, and you are Mr. Disney. Okay. And I have to, I want to pitch you on raccoons. I'm ready, Mr. Scafuri. Raccoons are an interesting animal yeah. in that they eat trash. Yeah. They are bottom feeders. They live in sewers. Everything that they do, uh, they are the oppressed. It's they are the gross. minority. They have a tough life. And they've become accustomed to it, and it's all that they know. I propose that we the people are the raccoons, and we've been beaten down for so long that we should look to the raccoon as a uh, a beacon of strength. Look to the raccoon. Because not only are we like them in that we are sometimes oppressed. True. We also use our hands. True. We also use our hands and fingers. Raccoons love using their hands and fingers. So I would like to pitch you a movie called Ricky the Raccoon. Cool. Uh, a raccoon that comes out of the slums when he realizes that he's a special animal because he can use his hands. Got it. Then what he does accidentally is becomes friends with all of the rich and fancy animals. Yes. He's not eating from the garbage anymore, and now he looks down on the people that eat the garbage. He forgets his roots. Until he remembers later on, because they, he needs their help, and they can all use their hands. Yes. That they take back the animal no, kingdom. That's really wonderful. I love Bought, sold. Yeah. Uh, it'll come out in Cineplexes June 2019. So that's my character, and here's my marketing pitch. Great. Let's get rid of all of the garbages at Disney World. Let all of the guests just toss trash wherever they want, willy-nilly, and, and let an infestation of actual raccoons about that? take over the park for free. Okay. That's like Rick, an- little Ricky raccoons everywhere using their hand to pull on guests' hair, take their wallets, bite them. Kind of genius. It's all free. It's all free. That's free advertising for the Ricky the Raccoon franchise. Yes. You let real raccoons into the park. Yes. The, uh, the patrons will be simultaneously enchanted and terrified. Yes. But what they won't be is not going to Ricky the Raccoon movie that's Correct. Out next summer. <laughs> Correct. That's, what they'll be, that's definitely what they'll be doing. And here's the twist. When the raccoon infestation becomes too large yes. at Disney World yes. and they realize that this is a problem, yes. they'll realize that they don't have any characters that can actually stop these animals that can use their hands. Yes. Except one. Do you know who that one is? No. Jen Mouse. Jen Mouse. Get her liquored up. She will shut it down. And give her a hammer. Shut it down. Give her a bottle of schnapps and a hammer and there won't be any more <laughs> raccoons in this park come tomorrow morning. Okay. This is great intersectionality. It's all working out perfectly. Okay. How Jen intersects with the raccoons. Very, very good. That really will good. add to even more drama in our Disney. Really good. Here's one that's obvious. Uh, Rufio. Oh. Rufio from Hook. He's still around. Good. Yeah. And he should and, and I would say that he should be more around. I would like to see a spin-off Rufio story. You know what his problem is? Is yeah. that you can't uh you can't turn him animated. Like if you start as a real person, it's yeah. probably harder than to like make it a costume a version and be like that's again. the one. That's true. That's true. I guess and Rufio really what I mean by that is just the Lost Boys. I right. guess. I loved the Lost Boys vibe. That was one of my favorite parts about the Peter Pan mythology. Of course. And Kids I just were skateboarding and then dunking in Hook. Yeah. 
That was awesome. I yeah. mean, like, again, like, as a kid, like, that Lost Boys vibe was, yeah. like, very aspirational. That, like, kind of seemed like the coolest possible life to me. Yeah, of course. I mean, they had mohawks. They would just, like, caw and, like, rooster crow. Yeah, it was pretty great. Life was good. Life was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see a Lost Boys – I mean, look, maybe it's a boy band, you know? Maybe we think outside of just – The Lost Boy Band. You know? The Lost Boy Band. Exactly. A Four boy band. boys leave Neverland. They move to Hollywood to try and hit it rich in the pop world. You know? The Something along those lines. Lost Boy Band. Something along those lines. Hollywood, if you're listening, we have Hollywood. a raccoon epic. Ricky the Raccoon. And we have a Lost Boys uh, musical. And Mickey's drunk ex-wife. In the works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Congratulations to us. We just did an episode all about Walt Disney. <laughs> Mickey's drunk ex-wife and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Great. Well, we tried. Yeah, we tried. Uh, well done, Adam. Well done, Bill. For the No Joke Podcast, <laughs> I am Billy Scafuri. And I'm Adam Lustig. And as always, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.